Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the penultimate group preview from the main event. You here with me, Daniel. And Aaron. Aaron Manelli there. We had a long time. We've had a, a dress change. It was needed. It was needed. It's very hot in here. <laughs> um, but also, just after all those podcasts, I don't know why I'm still holding my breasts. I might just do the rest of it like this. Please do. Yeah. Is it making you feel uncomfortable at all? No, it actually makes me feel relaxed. No, I'm not going to do it then. No. Uh, well played. Reverse psychology. Thank you if you have watched all of the previous podcasts with us. Um, I appreciate you probably bored to death of listening to Aaron by now, but we endeavor. I wish it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get started, as ever, please don't forget to follow us on Twitter at UCL Fantasy Pod. Also, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe to Gallagher Shots as well as the main event. Please, please. Uh, and once again, thank you to those lads, Chris, especially for letting us use and Scott for helping us with some of the editing as well. But let's move swiftly on into these groups, Aaron. So we have Group C. Real Madrid, Napoli, Braga, in Union Berlin. I'll be a gentleman. Where would you like to start? What game do you want to start with? Napoli versus Braga or Real Madrid at home to Union Berlin? I think Real Madrid are going to be the team. Okay, so let's start with Napoli versus Braga then. Um, yeah, well, let's not. <laughs> Real Madrid, uh, I think, have the highest owns players. So that's why I think they'd be a good place to start. Let's address it. First of all, we all have Bellingham in our teams. Yes, yes. So we're not going to say, get Bellingham in your team. You're, Other than you, now. You already do. Yes. It's clear to see why. He has five goals in four games and an assist. And he's been scoring for England. Player and... of the match. Yeah, he gets player of the match all the time. He's class. 72% owned. 7.5 million. It's a bit of a joke. I've got no idea how he's only 7.5 million. They've not factored in that he plays for Real Madrid. Well, I was thinking about it. Isn't like Modric and Kreuz, they've been at more like 8 million and stuff like that. Yes. So it's actually crazy that he is this little uh even in the group stage last year bellingham's i think got an attack and return every match uh four games in a row he got goals so yeah he's yeah he's really really a good player um <laughs> that's a that's hot not... take aaron are you sure are you sure you want to hang your neck out i saw interestingly a debate about in terms of bellingham about how he ranks in terms of youngsters and his potential. Right. And someone said, um, I think we all know this Twitter account and they're a bit of a troll, but they said that Bellingham will be the potential that Pogba never was. Basically meaning that Pogba showed the similar potential of Bellingham when he was the same age, but Bellingham will actually go on and live on to be live his potential. It's hard to agree or disagree because I cannot remember how Paul surely not. It was, that's his Juventus days, wasn't it? Yeah, like surely Pogba was in his early to mid twenties, early twenties when he's at Juventus. He wasn't nineteen when he was doing all these things. 17, I would still say Bellingham's a better player than Pogba. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and he's doing prime Pogba things. So yeah, I'd. I'd say that's a bit of nonsense, personally. But yeah, it's, it's the troll account. But anyways, um, 
In terms of everybody else, I think Vinicius Jr. needs to get out of people's teams. He's currently still 22%. Um, so get him out of your team if you currently have him uh, because the app won't update until the day of with the injuries. Um, maybe over the weekend, they're probably waiting for the weekend fixtures. It's normally the Monday where they update with that kind of stuff. And in terms of Rodrigo, 9 million forward, 7% owned, again, highly owned. Valverde, 12% owned. The Real Madrid players are quite highly owned, but that's just probably due to their fan base. And and I think it's a popular and well-established tactic to just go for good players from good teams and Real Madrid are a good team. Historically, they do tend to get off a little slowly. They can do the... They tend to be a team that builds up and they're usually beastly in the knockout stages opposed to the group stages. If we go through their team from back to front, because I actually think they've got, they've got some traps in here, but some little gems Lots of as injuries, well. which are still highly owned. Well, Co- yeah, so in Courtois. terms of, Yes, exactly. Courtois injured probably for the season. Militao's injured probably for the season. Uh, Aragula's just had surgery. Vinicius Jr.'s injured, I think, just for the first game. But then they've got Napoli for the second. So you're probably not going to want to bring him in until three or four. Uh, Mendy is back mid-September. So I kind of want to start here before we go into some of the transfers in or out, whatever like that. Um, Fran Garcia, left back, starting left back for Real Madrid, 4.5 million. So I can see the appeal of why people have gone for him. I personally think you shouldn't. A, because he's not very good. He is young, and it's not to say that he won't get better. And I think they only signed him this season, actually, um, if I'm not mistaken. But he's not really tearing up any trees when he's been playing there. It doesn't really look like he's going to get any attacking returns. And Real Madrid, last four games, have kept two clean sheets, but they have conceded in two games. And with the likes of Militao out, it does make that offence a little bit worse. Obviously, Rudiger comes in next to Alaba, so it's not terrible. But come mid-September, Mendy's back. So this is really a, a literally a one-game punt. If you want wild carding in three, you want to have a problem. Or if you're not wild, yeah, I suppose if you're not using a chip match here too, you're going to have a problem. But you're going to have to take him out. So I probably wouldn't go there, even if he is four and a half million, because I don't really... I don't actually fancy Real Madrid to keep a clean sheet in this game. We'll get on to Union Berlin shortly. But Real Madrid do tend to concede the odd little goal. We've seen them have a c- couple of banana skins in the Champions League. And they just aren't the sheer thing at the beginning of the tournament like they are towards the end. That being said, Kepa's now the goalkeeper. He's pretty cheap in the game. I think he's five million, is he? Um, so he's a bit more budget. Wednesday keeper, though, I still don't think I'd go there. 15% owned, Kepa. I've seen that, and I still don't understand why. Uh, Carvajal, Rudiger, Alaba, I'd say all better choices because all of them can get attacking returns. Alaba will probably take free kicks. Rudiger is quality in terms of long ball assists and being a threat from corners. Carvajal can get assists because he's a very attacking right back. So I'd probably try and edge my bets on getting attacking returns from one of those three defenders. Of those three defenders, Alaba and Carvajal both have an assist this season. So I'll probably go for one of them. Price dependent. Their midfield has largely been uh, Chua Many 
and Kamavinga with Valverde, Ferre Valverde playing. However, Modric has came in for a couple of games and so has Tony Cruz. So the, there is a little bit of rotation, but chuameni has been the, the one to stay there the entire time. He's a holding midfielder. It's five and a half million. I actually think he could be a good shout at that price point because I do think he'll get ball recoveries for Real Madrid, especially where, with like an agent, Crusoe, maybe Valverde pushing forward because he's a bit more attacking Valverde or in, an aging sort of, like I said, Modric, a slow Crusoe. Like you're going to have these types of players that I just think is really going to suit you a many. Now, that being said, Kamavinga has been playing there as well and he's a very defensive-minded player number eight, essentially. He can play as a holding midfielder. He can play at left back. He's very versatile. But his best position is picking up the ball and running 30, 40 yards with it using his long legs and his pace. So he could be good in transitions as well. But I think for the price, he's looking a little bit better. You've already hinted at Vinicius Jr. being injured, which is why you don't want to go for him. Which leaves the door open for Hosselu. Rodrigo's not been playing very well. He's got one goal and four, so I wouldn't go for him for his price. But Hosselu, seven and a half million, and he scored in his last game. He got an assist off the bench in the game before, and I think he scored for Spain last night or the night before, whatever it was. So, Aaron, other than Bellingham, are you going for anyone from Real Madrid? Any any traps? Any Anyone that's teasing you? Uh, too many was, because... For some reason, Real Madrid defensive midfielders always, like, historically got the most ball recovery points. The only issue was last season where they didn't have a solid midfield three. Um, but the midfield of Real Madrid still picked up the most points because Vinicius Jr. finished with the most points Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, back when he was a midfielder. So uh, there are points in the Madrid midfield, and that's always been the case. So I was looking at a potentially a double up for Bellingham and Tukumeni, but that again, I think it's just more so his price point. I think for me, a, du- a good double up is going to be Bellingham and um, either Vinny when he's back or Hosselu. So he's going to start when you get that three and four for Braga. I think Real Madrid could struggle a little bit against Union Berlin, a little bit, but I think they will struggle away at Napoli because of the injuries. And because of that, I think it's going to be a fairly competitive group throughout. So I I think Real Madrid will actually be quite good for three and four. Sometimes you can't see teams rotate by four. Like if Man City have won their first three games, they'll probably rotate for the fourth because they've just got to get one more win out of three games, which Pep knows they can do. So I don't think Real Madrid are going to be in that position, which means that the more that this competition goes on, the more that we're going to learn. And I still think there'll be viable picks for any match day three wild carders for that double up to Braga. So I think that's when we really need to look at them other than Bellingham, which I've already said. Uh, just for some quick transfers in and out. Obviously, the Broughton Bellingham, Arda Gula, who's injured, Hosselu, Bran Garcia, and Kepa. Uh, transfers out. Audrey Azola, the right back, has finally gone. Benzema's gone to Saudi, Asensio's gone to PSG, and Eden Hazard is now a free agent. Not that he would ever have been an option anyway, because he likes donuts too much. Union Berlin? Have you seen much of them play? You know much about them? Um, Other than 
Like, well, I kept my eye on the results last season in Bundesliga just because they were top of the table for so long. Um, and I was like, oh, is there going to be an upset in the title race? Uh, there almost was. Last day still hurts. <laughs> um, but Union Berlin, I think, I've not, well, I've not seen much of them play. But I, just from what I have seen from results-wise and the type of player that they have, we can't write them off. Don't disagree. I think one of the issues is going to be against big teams. I don't think they've got a great record. But any other game, they do just seem to bar teams. They, they like to score goals. They've played three games this season. They've won 4 one twice and lost 3-0. But that 3-0 loss, importantly, was to Leipzig, which is a Champions League quality team. I think that's a little concerning. They have brought in quite a few new players. Robin Gorsons, the legend. We'll talk about him very shortly. Uh, later, uh, Kevin Volland, came over from France. Toussaint, Brendan Aronson from Leeds, and Fafana, David Datro Fafana from Chelsea. So, I don't know really how effective Fafana is going to be. I still think he's too young. He has played all three games this season and he's not played well. Brendan Aronson has played, I think, two to three games. He got dropped for the for the last one. Just has, didn't play well, even though they won 4-1 in both games. So you're not really going to go for some of those players that you know in that, in that sort of area. I think where we'll be looking is maybe the striker, Behrens, has got four goals, seven and a half million. So he joins the seven and a half million club. Laduni, two assists in three games, and he's a five million midfielder. So I think as far as budget options go, he could be a really good pick. So I think in a midfield like Union Berlin, they play a flat three um, or a, a two, depending on whether they're playing wing backs or not. So they've sort of changed to chop and change, especially with Robin Gorson's coming in. Um, I, th I think he could be a good pick because of the ball recoveries, as well as getting some assist potential. Beyond that, I, th I think just in case anyone's wondering who plays for them in terms of, I want this player, this player, this player, or that you're going to get minutes. Renoff is the goalkeeper. Dweki, Notch, Late are the centre backs generally. Urana, uh, uh, get this one out. Uranovic is the right wing back. Gorsons is the left wing back. Uranovic has two assists in his three games. Um, Gorsons has two goals in his two games. Uh, taken over from Rusalon, who is a former little, little legend as well in this game. He's played four million left back back in the day. Is there anyone from this team that's taking your fancy at all? I imagine Robin Gorsons is teasing you a little bit. Of course he is. He always does. The little... Little minx. <laughs> little um, German minx. I think the late arrival, though, Benucci is interesting um, in the transfer window. I think, like, it'll be interesting to see the impact that he... I don't think he'll play, um, especially because I think he's nursing in a little bit of an injury at the moment. But I think training-wise, you, you'll... The fact that the other centre backs are training with him automatically makes them better. Yeah, um, I think you can kind of see that with Chelsea when Thiago Silva arrived. Like the other centre backs just became better. Yeah, um, 
just that type of influence of defender. So he he's someone who I'm like interested in just to kind of see how he's doing, uh, and the fact that he's suing Juventus. Yeah, for what, did what for, is it not giving him enough media training or something? I I, I think you're going to get all sorts of stories um, in terms of why he's is suing. He trying them. to blame Juventus for him blaming but the perce- for, blame, think, for getting racially abused. I think it's his perception in the media from, but I think there's some of that, but also in terms of when he switched to AC Milan. Okay. What you, I, I don't understand how you can sue Juventus for any of this, but uh, it was just, I don't know. It, it just all seems a mess. Wild Bonucci. He's a very odd man that lives on the edge. I wouldn't like to get on the wrong side of him, but he's, he's strange. I, I'll never forget his comments about Romelu Lukaku. Anyone wants anyone wants to Google Benucci's comments about? Oh no, it wasn't Romelu Lukaku. It was Moise Kien, wasn't it? Yeah, I was. Gonna, sorry, yeah. sorry, Moise Kien. Um, he brought it on himself. He brought it on himself for celebrating a penalty and then getting racially abused from and it. He got racially abused, and it was all Kien's fault. He should have missed. Should have missed the pen clearly. Uh, but yeah, we're painting a great picture of Benucci. Don't sue us, please. Any of the wing-backs taking your fancy? Juranovic, Gorsens? Gorsens, um, there's that attachment there. So, yeah, he, he's he been in a few of my drafts. Is he five and a half million? Five. He's only five million? Yeah. <gasps> oh, I didn't realise that. I thought he was I thought he was five and a half. That's, that's interesting. I think the interesting thing is that he hasn't made it across to the team yet. So I don't think a lot of people actually know that he's still at Inter. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want Robin Gorsons, currently he's at Inter Milan on the game. How do we think that Union Berlin are are going to get on against Real Madrid? Uh, I think in the first match they'll struggle. Um, But when it comes back to Germany, I think they'll give them a good game. I think they'll do all right. I think they'll come out the traps. I, I still think Real Madrid will win the game, but I think they'll get a goal. I think they will go into predictions. I'll start on this one. I've been letting you go first far too many times. Because uh, I, th- I think Real Madrid will win this 2 1, but I do think that Union Berlin will, will get a goal. Real Madrid are r- really quite hampered by injury, and some of the players aren't playing very well. And I, I can imagine Jude Bellingham scoring a goal in the 80 plus minute again, like he has done two or three times already this season. Yeah. Um. I would say when I say they're going to struggle, not like some of these other teams, not like a, another, I think it'll be very close. So just to be different to you, I'll say 1-1. One, one. They're going to struggle and only draw away at Real Madrid. Just to be different. Fair enough. But I do agree with 2-1. <laughs> you, you can just say the same thing. It's okay. We're tr- I, I tried. I tried. Um <laughs> The other game, I'll start with Napoli. Uh, they, a lot of the kind of fear it was, are they going to be the same team? Obviously, yes. the coaching change. Uh, the good news is that they are so far. Um, in the fact that they lose to Lazio. Yes. <laughs> um, but also, just in terms of the attacking style of play, I, um, I think the best... I mean, I mean, you. Pro- I don't know if you've seen the stats about Kravaskelia about 
him not scoring in like over 150 days and stuff like that. Yeah, I haven't seen that stat, but it doesn't surprise me at all. He's not looked the same. They have had the, the summer off as well. Yeah, yeah, they have. They have had a summer off. Did but, they not? Did they include the summer? Did they include the summer? Yeah, they said it's been 150 days. That's since. hilarious. He's, he's been injured as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, Wild. But also teams know that they need to double up on him now. Yeah. So he's going to command more attention. But um, Ossieman is their talisman. Like, he is unbelievable. He scored uh, in, I think, other than against Lazio, I think he scored in every game. Um, scored two in the first game as well. Unbelievable goal. Uh, one of them was a penalty, I believe. In that second game, he scored a pen. So, so two open players in the first and a pen Which is in the good second. that Cravadonna is not on penalties. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely dreadful at them. It's about time he's been taken off them. Um, but I think the biggest catch among all the team is Di Lorenzo. 5.5 in the game, um, starting against Braga. I think he is a, a great shout. He's scored. Um, he is a very good... A player in terms of fantasy because in the Italian fantasy game um, he was the most expensive defender and he is also the highest scoring player because they also get ball recoveries in that okay. game as well. Uh, I really like his hair. I tried to model it my, my own slightly off Di Lorenzo so thank you for that. Again, for anyone that doesn't really know how to play, it's a 4-3-3, essentially, with uh, Mary as the goalkeeper, Di Lorenzo as the right-back, uh, Oliveira as the left-back. This year, it's uh, Rachmani and Jesus as the centre-backs. Now that Kim's gone, because Kim has been sold to Bayern Munich. Ongisa has been the centre-mid. He's a bit more holding, but he, he does sort of let... Let loose a couple of times during the match. Uh, Lobotka and Zielinski have been playing alongside him. Politano's the right winger. Bizarrely, Raspadori's been the left winger, even though he is a striker. But I think that's been predominantly because Just of Kouadashelia's injury. Then Osimhen's the striker. Just to let you know who's playing where. Um, and we'll go through some price points. You've already said Di Lorenzo at 5 million, 5 million yeah? 5.5. 5.5 million. Uh, he's in my team. He will not go anywhere. He is a joke of a player. He has two assists and a goal already from right back this season. Not going anywhere. And loads of ball recoveries. Loads of ball recoveries. And if you if you had to skimp, you could go Jesus at four and a half million. I personally wouldn't. I'd just stretch that 0.5, get rid of someone else. But if you had to, or if you want to double up, Jesus is probably the next best. Just because he's cheaper than Rahmani, then I don't think, I think they're much of a muchness in terms of fantasy points. Like Rahmani's not really getting anything else. Uh, as far as that midfield goes, you've got like someone at every price point. So you've got Lobotka at 5.5, Ongisa at 6, and Zielinski at 7.5. Now, if Zielinski's on the pitch, he might take the odd pen away from Ossiman. Zielinski has one goal in his three games. Ongisa hasn't got any. Lobotka hasn't got any. So I think you're looking at paying that premium for Zielinski's goals. Although Ongisa did quite well last season in the Champions League goals-wise. And assist wise, if you had to go for one of those three, who would you be going for with the price point in mind? Um, with the price point in mind, knowing that you probably have Bellingham and all the other 
highly selected players, Lobotka over Anguissa, I would say, because Lobotka is the type of player who uh, has more of a control on a game where he will pick the ball up and despite pressure can free up space. Um, kind of where it, even though they'll be getting pressured, it looks like they have all the time in the world. Uh, he's very good on the ball, kind of knits everything together. Um, I think that 0.5 difference between the two is justified in terms of Anguissa is probably going to break up a lot more of the players. Lobotka is going to be the kind of the one who is passed to after the ball recovery just to get Napoli out of pressure. But I think with, I don't think he is a, I think, well, I think he will still get lots of ball recoveries and potentially with just that type of player, they always get like player of the match. He has a question for you. Politano, 7 million right wing. Is he a forward? I thought he was a midfielder on the game. Double check. I will fact check me, but I thought he was a midfielder on the game, unless I've just misread it. Just, I mean, every other wing is a striker, so. Well, Kvarashelli has a midfielder on it. Uh, just checking for you. He's a forward. Oh, my goodness me. Right, so he's out. Politano's out. I suppose money-wise, then, you can only afford... I personally think you can only afford Kvarashelia or Ossiemen. I, do, I don't see how you're going to afford a double-up when you've got the other premium forwards in there and then other premium players elsewhere. Which one do you go for? Um, Ossiemen. They're both... Ossiemen is 10% owned. Kvarashelia is 11% owned. Wow. Nine and a half million. I think he's criminally overpriced. I think it's because there's not many other midfielder options at that price point. There's not many premium midfielders. How is he nine and a half million and Jude Bellingham seven and a half? Uh, wasn't the prices done like way, way early though? Yeah, but still, like, I Jude Bellingham. I mean, played better than Quadrashelia last year. I know that Quadrashelia is a very, very at his at his best. If he was still performing at his best, that is underpriced. Like, if he performs as he does in the Italian League. Yeah, but that's the Italian League, not the Champions League. And yeah, I'm just saying that that's what, like, that's what, like, it's, that's what it's priced off. What, off the Italian League? Yeah, this isn't off Champions League. Uh, it must be off Champions League. And, <laughs> and maybe the Premier League. That's probably what they think he's going to be. I like mean, technically, he won Young Player of the Tournament last year. Yeah, what, for the Champions League? Yeah. I mean... So subjective. He, he did not have a good knockout, did he? Um, I mean, yeah, it was only the group stage, really. Was, when, yeah, you had a good group stage, and he made Trent look yeah. amateurish. Is but it, is it, we're not talking about real life players. As a real life player, he's class, but like as a fantasy option, oh, right, that, yeah, misses, yeah. that misses penalties quite regularly in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's what I mean. I'm not, I'm not having a Gordon as a player. It's a bit like Bruno Fernandez. Was said was overpriced at nine and a half million. I think Bruno Fernandez is a fantastic footballer, but it's do I want to pay nine and a half? Do you want to pay borderline ten percent, nine and a half percent of my entire budget on Kawarashelia? Do I think he's worth that? I just don't think he is. Last year he was what five and a half or something ridiculous. He's obviously worth way more than that, but I think he should be 
whatever price Jude Bellingham is. And I think he's underpriced. I think they should both probably be about eight and a half. That's where Raj plant them. And then at least gives people a bit more of a choice. But because of that price, I, when he's probably not going to be on penalties anymore, I don't think I could justify that. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably get a hat against Braga. But I think Osimhen as, as well is the better pick. I just think he gets more goals. If I 0.5 extra, I think Osimhen's worth the little the little bump. And if he is on pens as well, that just boosts him up even more. He's class, Osimhen. He's one of the elite six strikers on this game. So he's in my team. Have you got any of these in your team already? Uh, Ossiman, Di Lorenzo. Same, exactly the same. We'll move on to Braga. Oh, for anyone, just real quick as well. Um, Napoli have brought in Lindstrom, who's an attacking midfielder. He's come from Germany. Kajust, uh, who's came from oh, Mitchland. I think that's where he's came from. Holden midfielder. Kim's gone to Barcelona, uh, gone to Bayern Munich, and Lozano's back to PSV, as were mentioned in the PSV group podcast as well. They've won 3 1, 2 0, and then lost the last game 2 1 at home to Lazio. So move on to Braga. Braga have had a bit of a mixed start, although not an easy one. They did lose the first game of the season 2 1. They then won the second game 4 2, and then they had a 1 1 draw with Sporting Lisbon. So I think if we'll look at them being on the same level as Sporting, a Sporting team that have been dipping quite a lot over the last sort of couple of years. They were on a downward trajectory from last year. They've since lost more players. Obviously, lost Palinia a couple of years ago to Fulham. That really hurt them. They've since lost Pedro Porro. So, I think if we look at Braga, probably being on about Sporting's level, but the bad version of Sporting's level... I think we've got cause for concern with them in the group. Do you feel any different? Do you say anything that's different to that? Uh, no, I would agree with that. Um, I think Braga, with Portuguese teams, it's always hard to play in Portugal. They're, they're quite good at creating like good atmospheres, but I think they are the weakest team in this group. In terms of assets, I think... Uh, Niakite is a centre back is four and a half million, and Gomez, the right back, is also four and a half million. So if you wanted to punish yourself, you could go for one of those two. They don't have like any again talismanic figures. Everyone's sort of just chipping in with the odd goal or the odd assist. No one's really laying down a claim to actually be their point scorer. You could have uh, Almazrati or Carvalho or Horta. So there are three holding midfielders if you are looking for ball recovery points. I'll probably go Carvalho because he's the most nailed. Horta and Almazrati have uh, been sort of exchanging minutes between them, whereas Carvalho's played all three games. That would be my only suggestion for Braga. I think beyond that, we can probably present them because I think Berlin are really good. Like I think to like the German league is just better than the Portuguese league. Uh, as good as the Portuguese league is actually has or has been getting, I think it's overtaken France. Yeah. Um, as far as coefficients go, which is why they're allowed three teams in now. So it's not like it's a poor league by any stretch of the imagination. I just think the German league is a notch up. I think UEFA recognised the German league being a bit better. I can't remember what the scores were last year between Frankfurt and Sport and Lisbon, though, but I don't think it went well for Sport and Lisbon. 
Well, Sporting just had a really bad tournament. Yeah, and I, I'm just trying to like sort of because with with Braga, I'd, I'll be honest, I didn't watch much. I didn't watch them much last year because you just focus on the three big teams. If you want to watch Portuguese football, you focus on those because that's likely who we're going to have to talk about. So they sort of caught me by surprise, and it's really difficult to have like an actual full on opinion of them. So it's just try, me trying to gauge with Sporting based on the previous results that they've had with each other. Yeah. Which is why I'd be worried about them. What do you think the score is going to be for that game? I'm sorry, Braga fans or Portuguese fans that would can't say more. Feel free to comment. Anyone with any useful information about Braga, comment. In terms of the scoreline, I think the fact that it is in Portugal gives them a, a little bit of advantage. Um, but I do think Napoli are too strong. I think it'll be 3-1. I think it'll be 3-0. Going to go clean sheet. Di Lorenzo clean sheet. Di Lorenzo clean sheet. I have him scoring a hat-trick, so... Di Lorenzo scoring a hat-trick. <laughs> uh, a hat-trick of headers with his gorgeous hair. Lovely curly locks. It'll bounce right off. Like, springs on the front of his head. You could grow your hair like that, Aaron? No, I can't. You can. You can. Just stop getting, like, a one all over. You'll be fine. Just... Get the get a bit of a fade going. Grow it on top. You'll have some lovely curly Di Lorenzo locks. On that note, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. We will have one more group to go, Group D, where hopefully we're feeling slightly less delirious in all the excitement of it being our last preview podcast. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, subscribe to us. We are the main event. Also, don't forget to subscribe to as Aaron points the Gallagher Shots podcast as well. We're on Twitter at UCL Fantasy Pod, and we will see you for the next one. Bye now. <laughs>